One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Dr. Olinka Trejo is back and joining us today to talk about how to stay your healthiest and feel your best during cold and flu season. I'm going to take it a step further and say the holiday season because the holiday season is upon us. You can feel the energy and stress of it, which I'm assuming just kind of adds to cold and flu (laughs) season. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Um, I always love our conversations. And this is one. Gosh, it seems like a lot of people are always selling something or talking about cold and flu season and whatnot. But I want to get straight to the takeaways on this conversation, Mm -hmm. because you know how hard our members have worked to be as healthy as possible, not just when they're losing weight, but also in maintenance. They're very self-aware. They're not it's not like they're not doing the thing. So let's really like um, focus in on what they can do. But let's start with like, why do people get sick this time of year? Like, what is it about cold and flu season? I, I, I love this question because I think it's, our immune system is amazing. And there are so many factors that play a role into it. I mean, the the number one factor is that we spend more times indoors, right? And as, as we spend more time indoors, there's more, there's poor ventilation, the uh, airways that we need, you know, the lining of your mucosal membrane, or I guess like your nose and your first line defense mechanism becomes compromised as well, because the air that's inside tends to be a lot drier, compromising its function um, to prevent, you know, and protect you from viruses and germs entering your body. The other thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's an increased uh, exposure that you have to germs because there's a lot more stuff that you're touching inside, right? There's doorknobs, there's um, uh, faucets, there's a lot of surfaces that you're touching consistently that germs love to stay on that other people that are carrying germs are also touching. There's um, also a part of your immune system that slows down when it gets cold outside. Um, and, And this is, I think this is really cool. Like the front of your nose has these cells that um, the moment that they come in contact with germs, they start producing like billions and billions and billions of these um, extracellular vesicles. We call them like EVs. And what happens when you um, when you're outside and it's really, really cold outside, these EVs become less sticky and less um, able to actually, you know, trap all of these germs that you're coming in contact with and actually expel them into snot so you can get them out of your system. And so there's actually research that says that just being outside can decrease the function of these tiny little projectile things that, you know, expel these germs out of your body by about 50%. And then if you combine that with the fact that viruses um, really, really, really love cold climates, especially when they're cold and dry, because they grow these almost like extracellular matrices that make them harder to, for your immune system to actually like, get to them. Um, it's a little bit of a recipe for disaster. Okay, fascinating. That is when I asked you this question, that, that is not where I expected you to go oh, <laughs> with this. Okay, this is what I, I knew. I just, I, this is why I love you. I mean, ah, so good. Okay, so viruses, like this is their jam. This time of year, this is their jam. And then immune system wise, 
our bodies are, are because, you know, we're spending more time indoors. You know, we're, we're actually the way our body functions when it is cold outside, we are more susceptible. So that's a combination for sickness, I suppose. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that we just have to remember that, um, what I, well, I shouldn't say, but we should have to, we, we should remember what I, what I typically see is that in the winter months, at least in Canada or in, um, colder climates where we start spending a lot more time indoors, it starts getting darker outside. A lot of us, um, take less care of each other, right. And ourselves, like you start feeling lethargic, you start, um, um, not necessarily wanting to like exercise as much, you know, your circadian rhythm becomes off. Like there are so many little things that often also, um, I think impact the uh, day-to-day choices that we make or don't make in order to keep our bodies healthy. And that's typically what I see like in the fall and the winter, we, you know, in the summer, everybody feels great. And we have like all of these goals. And then as the winter months come along, a lot of us just kind of start feeling meh and start feeling meh about a lot of things. And I think that this is actually why it's such an important conversation to have in the maintenance group. And it's, you know, you've done all of this work, like, don't forget about all the work that you've put in. And also let's keep up the good work to make sure that your immune system is healthy. It's not just about the weight, right? It's just about like how your body functions as a whole. Yeah. Well, even like the days are getting shorter, people's vitamin D levels are dropping. And then, and then I've learned enough to know that stress is impacting all of it. Maybe stress is impacting also your sleep. So you're not getting great sleep. Then you factor in some time change there and people, they just get used to doing the same routine. So they're not adjusting to the fact that the days are shorter. You know, they're just still sticking with their usual routine. And then, you know, you feel that stress of the holidays and then it's, it's Bailey's in your coffee season. It's mulled wine season. It's It's the cookies and it's the like, and you know, and I think that, I mean, it's amazing. And it's, this is not a puritanical, like you cannot have all of these things, you know, your program isn't about that, but it's also about recognizing the impact that all of those choices make. Mm on your immune system, right? Because there, there is, there's a lot of research now saying like, yes, sugar does actually impact your immune function, right? And yes, like the equivalent of about two cans of soda can decrease your natural killer cell function, which are like the cells that really innately just kind of fight off infections for up to five hours after you have that sugar, right? So it is the you know, you can have the sugar and you can have the mulled wine and all of these things, but responsibly, right? And if you're going to um, to enjoy that, you just, we were having this conversation about Halloween. It's like, enjoy it and move on, right? It's yeah. not the, like the mulled wine and the Bailey's day for then like Christmas. And then it's like Valentine's day. And then it's like something else. It's like, no, you enjoy it and we move on. Or just like, be aware. Cause I'm thinking of other times of year, like spring, you're coming out of that hibernation mode. You're getting outside that increased sunshine. You just feel like you got a spring in your step. It's just like, whereas like rolling into winter is just like, wow, where's the wine? You know, where's yeah. the chips? Where's the, that? Where's the whatever. So to your point, it's not that you can't still indulge every now and then or have wine or enjoy the holiday season. But in knowing that, then you have to, in being aware of that, then what are the things that we can do to offset that? Is it, is it our diet? Is it supplements? Is it our lifestyle? Like what, what can we do 
in knowing that we're more susceptible this time of year, which is why they freaking call it cold. No one ever really talks about why they call it cold and flu season. We just universally accept that it is. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now we know. Now we know. So we know. Now we know. What do we do about it? Literally. Um, yeah. And you know, and some of these strategies are very simple, right? We've talked about why it's cold and flu season. It's you're spending more time indoors. It is drier inside, which, you know, to an extent uh, impairs your ability to fight off infection. It's colder outside, which makes obviously the viruses survive more and also uh, uh, prevents you from fighting off infections as well. Um, um, in, in, so the simplest strategy, honestly, is just making sure that you're washing your hands, which I know sounds crazy and mind-boggling but i think you and i have talked about this my husband is an infectious diseases doctor and when people talk to him about how, how do i do this how do i prevent this or um uh you know what should i do should i get vaccinated should i do this and he's like you just need to wash your hands and you need to wash your hands uh more frequently probably that you're uh, used to especially if you are coming in contact with a lot of other people and a lot of surfaces that other people touch right that's number one um, the second thing that I always recommend, always, 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 if you're working with a practitioner, whether that is your nurse practitioner or your family doctor or an ND, get your vitamin D tested. It is so simple, but it can have such a profound impact in the way that you fight off infection. Vitamin D is a, uh, it, it truly, like, it, it is not just a vitamin, it's a hormone. It is like anti-cancer, like there's so much research for everything, but really, truly vitamin D is probably um, the pillar for your cold and flu season or the ability for you to survive cold and flu season for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, other things that you can do that are really simple is uh, keeping your nose and your feet warm, which also I know sounds like so such a naturopathic voodoo, but it, you know, if I, um, if I go back to the point that your membranes and those EV, those little like spike-like receptors that trap the viruses to kick them out of your system, um, are their function is decreased by about 50% when the weather drops by five degrees Celsius. Like wow. you just need to put, you know, you just need to cover your nose when you're going outside. There's also another research study that was done in England that showed that if we, uh, I think they took about 90 to 100 students and they put their feet in cold water for about like I think it's 20 minutes. Like it actually wasn't very long. And then they tracked how likely they were to develop an upper respiratory tract infections and the uh, tract infection story. And they showed that the students that were exposed to cold in their feet were significantly more likely to develop a cold or flu or pneumonia in the span of the five days following the exposure to cold, which is wild. Well, but it makes sense if what you're saying that our immunities kind of decrease in the cold if you're repeatedly colder than normal. That would make yeah. a lot of sense because it's confusing right now because you see people cold plunging left, right, and center, which which has its benefits. But 100%. we're talking like the day to day, you know, put on a hat, put on a now put on a scarf, you know, keep your feet nice and warm. Like there is something to be said about different seasons. Your body has different needs, like forcing yourself to eat cold salads every day when what you want is some soup or some chili or, you know, there is your body does have different needs. And this is where, you know, we think take supplements, but you're like, put some socks on. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's what I always say. It doesn't 
have to be that complicated. It also doesn't have to be that expensive. You can just make sure that you're covering your songs because, you know, all of the things, it, and I always go back to physiology, right? Like if mm. having cold feet is going to cause vasoconstriction to your uh, to your nose and, you know, the yeah. airway and the mucosal membrane that's helping you fight off infection, of course, is going to be compromised. And you're going out into the cold yeah. air where, you know, viruses are not even surviving, they're thriving. And so it's simple, simple, simple strategies like that. The other things, you know, like exercising and moving regularly, we know this, yeah. you know, it's uh, moving regularly actually increases the blood and increases the lymph that, which is actually that where a lot of your immune cells are carried through. Um, it, it increases the lymph flow through your body. And so that increases the circulation of an immune factors and immune cells through your body. Right. But the, yeah. the thing with exercise is that it's important to be consistent. And you always talk about this. Like there's a difference between like movement and the type of exercise that creates inflammation. Right. And so it, it's just about having that consistent movement in your life. You don't have to be, you know, super intense doing HIIT training for five hours. No, you just have to walk. You just have to move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not use your cold nose as an excuse to knock it out there and walk. That's not what we're talking about. Because you can cover it. Now you know that there's a solution for that. That's simple. That's simple, simple, simple. I'm, I'm um, assuming like you talk about the, the air indoors being a lot drier. Humidifiers. Are you a fan of humidifiers? Oh, I love humidifiers. Yep. And if you don't have access to humidifiers, just getting, you know, one of those saline rinses to keep yep. the airways moist is also really, really important and a super simple strategy that you can uh, implement that's relatively inexpensive. Okay. Um, you, I just mentioned talking about, you know, um, foods, you know, in the, in, the, in, in different seasons and whatnot, but what in general, like, are there certain foods that can boost your immune system or help? So I think... One of the um, uh, key points that I would love for people to remember about this talk is that there is such a thing about like, as micronutrient deficiency, right? We see that a lot in older people. We see that a lot in people that don't have a lot of variety. And so especially, I think that variety is important across, you know, every month and every season, but especially in the cold and flu season, I want you to remember to add as much color into your life as possible, because a lot of those colors bring in different micronutrients that tend to be very important for your body, right? Spices tend to yeah. be really great this time of year, like ginger, the garlic, the turmeric. Mm -hmm. um, believe it or not, the, the one thing that actually has substantial research for immune function is mushrooms. Um, they've shown that adding about five to 10 grams of shiitake mushrooms into like your daily uh, diet can significantly decrease the risk of developing upper respiratory tract infections. And so if mushrooms is something that you enjoy, just add them into soups, add them into stews, add them into, you know, uh, Buddha bowls or whatever it is that you're making to add a little bit of variety. And then a lot of the, 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 um, uh, antioxidant powerhouses that you probably want to bring in a little bit more right now are going to be things like pomegranates, cranberries, elderberries, like the, those deep purples and deep reds carry a lot of the vitamin C and antioxidants that your immune system needs to just work a little more efficiently. That's all. Well, and I love this because you're not, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this right now, you're part of our community in which people are mm -hmm 
losing weight in a healthy, sustainable way, making sure they're having nutrient-rich food choices, being in tune to their body's needs, leveling up in other areas, like managing their stress and moving their body and their sleep and whatnot. We're not just talking, you know, people off the streets, all of a sudden you eat pomegranate and cranberries and, (laughs) you know, whatever, it's making a, a big difference. But, you know, a little goes a long way. It's all about sort of really addressing your body's needs and, and, and supplementing, whether it's supplements or the food choices that you're making and all the little things can add up because we have leveled up our health and wellness in such big ways in order to lose this weight. Right now, we're having this conversation in our maintenance group where people have lost their weight in a healthy way. They're working on sustaining it. And chances are they're continuing with a lifestyle that supports their body's needs. And so all these little things can have an impact and make a big difference. Mushrooms are like become, they're like adaptogens. They're a big part of like, they become pretty mainstream these days. Magic, they have, not the magic mushrooms, although no, no, exactly the mushroom, the medicinal mushrooms that are not magical. They're magical yeah. in different ways, but maybe not in the magical way that some people want them to be. Um, they, you know, and they, we use them a lot in uh, oncology. We use them a lot in. We, we use them a lot to uh, boost um, the immune system, but as a food. Uh, you know, you can't, I mean, you probably could, but like, you're not going to grab like a Ganoderma and put it into your salad, you know, shiitake or kamini or things like that are a little bit more feasible for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we go into supplements? Like, are there, are there supplements we could be taking? Yeah. Or we love. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? So I am, before we even get into supplements, if it's okay, I would love to also plug sleep. You know that every chat that you and I have, I'm always plugging sleep and the importance of sleep. Um, when, when it comes to immune function, I would say that the vast majority of the research, uh, in lifestyle medicine actually focuses on sleep. Um, we know that uh, your it's not just the duration of your sleep, but it's your architecture, right, of your sleep and how much of that deep restorative sleep you're getting that becomes really important for your immune system. That's actually when your immune arsenal replenishes, but also when you become a lot more sensitive, right, to, to those cells. And we have a lot of uh, evidence that shows that um, decreased sleep. And that can be, you know, different research studies that can be less than seven hours, less than six, and sometimes even less than four hours, not, not only, um, increases the risk of upper, upper respiratory tract infections or things like pneumonia, or, you know, the common cold or things like that. It can also make you less sensitive to vaccines, for example. So if you are sleeping, for less than say five hours leading up to a vaccine, your immune response can be altered and can be less than half of what it would be if you were at sleeping properly. We um, also know that people who sleep for less than six hours uh, every night um, can actually disrupt the activity of about 711 genes that they have in their body. And 50% of those genes will be upregulated, which means they become more active. 50% of those will be downregulated, which becomes, which means that they become less active. And 50%, the, the 50% that becomes more active tend to be genes that code for like, uh, inflammation and cardiovascular, uh, risk, uh, you know, stress. Uh, cancer, tumors, things like that. And the 50% that become less active all have to do with immune function. And so the reason why I wanted to plug sleep is because I think that 
going back to your point on like the, you know, the, the days become shorter um, and we kind of lose that circadian rhythm. I think it's really, really important for people to, and for patients to go back to the simple, like, you know, I, um, it, it, I, I try to expose myself to daylight as soon as I wake up in the morning. And if that is not available to me because it's really dark when I wake up in the morning, adding in a happy light, you know, like the ones that sell that they sell on Amazon or Costco or whatever yeah. that, uh, we, we use a lot for seasonal affective disorder, um, can also be of, of, you know, a paramount importance for people that uh, just are looking to support their circadian rhythm and support their immune system, because that actually helps their brain understand, oh, it's daylight and oh, it's nighttime. And that also helps keep that architecture of your sleep uh, ideal so that your immune system continues functioning the way that it was in the summer. You know, I've had so many conversations. Obviously, we have some really great uh, sleep experts um, have come on uh, in the group, but I'm just having this kind of aha moment where if someone even when weight loss is so important to get sleep that's when your body repairs and rebuilds and makes change and like you know when you're not getting sleep the way that affects your hormones when your body processes foods and it's like so complex um it's really interesting i wonder if people just made it a point because i sleep like garbage but i also drink Mm -hmm. wine i stay up late i'm now going out for walks trying to get that sunshine and there was a time where i was so solely focused on getting good sleep and i was having the Mm -hmm. best sleeps of my life and probably felt the best i've ever felt and then you know of course it's it's all like you know stress and whatnot and i got to get back to that but i'm thinking if people just made it their mission to focus on getting like the gold standard of a good night's sleep, that would probably be a fix for a lot of things. hundred percent people, they'd be able to maintain their weight easier. They'd probably be able to lose it easier. They'd be much healthier, much happier. happier. Yeah. They honestly, like we know that if we sleep deprived people, you know, for, I think it's like three days, they start developing symptoms of anxiety and depression. Like it's, you know, and we've done very cruel studies on people that let us pay them money um, to do these studies on. But I, you know, and this isn't, again, this isn't to say you can't enjoy wine, but this is to say, if you know that wine disrupts your sleep, have it four to five hours before you go to bed. It's as simple as that. have one with breakfast but it's it's also you know if you love caffeine and you feel like you need it no problem but have it first thing in the morning and don't have it past noon because that's also going to disrupt the architecture of your sleep right it's 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 not about you can't do it's not it's not black or white right there's a lot of gray and you can still do the things that you enjoy you can be you know, on Instagram at night, but like not maybe the hour before bed, because that that is going to disrupt the quality of your sleep. So it's about, yeah. again, as we were uh, chatting at the beginning of this talk, it's it's about the simple things that can make uh, a really profound impact that doesn't co- like they don't cost you any money. And they're not actually a lot of work. They just are building better habits on top of what you already have or the foundation that you already have and making some conscious decisions as you go along to make sure that, you know, you, you enjoy the holiday season, um, but you are responsible, uh, yeah. you know, with like all the work that you've put in. Yeah. I love Do that. Okay. Uh, sticking with yes. sleep before we move on to supplements, yes. what do you think about like, 
the temperature of the room. Like I like, so, you know, Tony and I will watch TV in our bed, which already is like, mm -hmm. <laughs> should not be doing that. <laughs> but our TV is so huge at this point. I don't know what we would put on our wall instead of our TV. Um, <laughs> Unnegotiable for Tony, although we don't have to watch it yeah. until 12 o'clock at night. Um, but, uh, where was I going? Where was temperature I going? Oh, the the temperature. So we put our, we put our fireplace on, so we're cozy, but it gets a little hot. So then what I yeah. do when it's time for bed, I shut the fireplace off and I open the window Great. and I get that cool air. So now thinking about, I know there's a right temperature to sleep in, which is mm. a little bit cooler, but mm -hmm. now I'm wondering about that open window and my immune system. So mm. when... I know. Um, so the, the ideal temperature for sleeping, um, I mean, for most non-menopausal, you know, hot, flashy, night, sweaty women, I should say, because yeah. that's completely different is about 18 degrees Celsius. That's, that oh, wow. is, you know, and, and we know that your core body temperature has to actually drop by about a full degree Celsius in order for you to get into that deeper sort of sleep, which is again, why wine and eating really late at night and doing the things that would, you know, increase your core body temperature are not necessarily favorable for your sleep quality. Yes. Um, you know, I, I do think that there's a benefit to uh, opening the window, but maybe what we want to do is we want to open the window for the last half hour or hour that hopefully you will be now transitioning into reading in bed rather than watching TV so that, you know, it can be your half hour to again, let it, let the 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 room maybe at, get to about like 17 18 degrees and then yeah. maybe close that again because you don't you know you don't want it to be cold enough that then you're compromising your airway for sure hey god this is so sidetracking the conversation but i don't like air conditioning <sighs> I, f I feel like air conditioners give me a cold and i every time <sighs> people are like no they don't i'm like i feel like they do they give me a runny nose they make my nose cold there's something about air conditioners because that is that could that be a thing now just off the heels of this conversation yeah so it's you know what it's kind of the uh other side of the coin to the heat right but it's still like the cold i i mean a it depends as to how cold it is for sure and also yeah. the uh, moisture in the room right because again it has to be most people when they put, turn on the the ac or their heat the air inside tends to be super 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 dry yes. and you you almost need enough moisture for you to 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 uh, create like a little bit of um uh, um, uh, it's like saturation on your windows, you know, like a, a little bit of like that, the, the, the dripping, like you, you don't need to get to that level, but like, it has to be closer to about 40% humidity, which is actually, um, uncomfortable for some people. Um, yeah. but again, if you think about how your airway works, if you tend to be on the drier side for your airway, you know, and this is actually common for some people genetically, this is common as we, again, start losing that estrogen for a lot of people. Um, at anything that would compromise that airway, whether it's heat or whether it's AC would feel awful for you. And again, it's compromising those little highlight projections that are moving everything, everything out yeah. and the snot production and like all the things that we talked about at the beginning. Right. So it's, is the exact same, um, thing that happens to your airway, but just at a different temperature as it does when like the heat is on, which I, I mean, I, you probably know this, like if you travel to Europe, people are like, oh, no, never AC. You know, it yeah. is not even just from a, a, an energy efficiency standpoint, efficiency standpoint. It is because it's it, it's comfortable for us, but it it's not really good for ventilation and for our immune system. I knew it. 
Tony and I have this fight all the time. I he like I especially I go somewhere warm. I go to Europe and he's got the AC on and I'm like opening the windows like ah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about supplements. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Are we talking about supplements to prevent getting sick in the first place? Should we be taking things before we even get sick this time, knowing this time of year we're more susceptible? And then what about when we're actually sick? Yeah. Um, I mean, you should be taking anything without medical supervision. I should say that because things as benign uh, as, you know, vitamin C can cause things like diarrhea and kidney stones. And I see it all the time in practice, yeah. you know, where people come and be like, I have IBS. And I'm like, no, no, you're taking five grams of vitamin C because some blogger told you to do that. And that's actually what's giving you diarrhea. And so <laughs> I should say, um, you know, you probably shouldn't be uh, taking anything without talking to somebody because Good a point. lot of these things have interactions, right? Yes. Herbs have a ton of interactions. There's a lot of them that are not uh, compatible with medications, with breastfeeding, with, with uh, pregnancy. Yes. I just want to interrupt and say this is why you they, they you they we have these health food stores full of all of these really amazing products that amazing. you know some may be more of a benefit than others but this is not a realm that usually our doctors our medical doctors you know are well versed in not to say there isn't merit in them there's all sorts of extensive research behind these products but this mm-hmm. is exactly where you'd want to go see a naturopathic doctor because we just it's like oh we should know because this inf- Influencer said it, I can walk in the health food store or pharmacy nowadays days and yeah. buy it. Sure. But that is where a naturopathic doctor can come in and, you know, really advise you on, okay, so you're more susceptible this time of year. Here's something you can take to strengthen your immune system. Here's something you in knowing you more specifically or medications you may be taking mm-hmm. or anything. So I just wanted to stop the con. Sometimes people don't know where naturopathic doctors fit and you're yeah. more than just supplement people at the end of the day as well. I do want to make that For very sure. clear, but that's to me, that's like a perfect example because there are these products. There's a lot of science and research behind them. They do work, but it is this sign of kind of like, we're just supposed to know, right? I'm just supposed to yeah. go to the health food store, look at all these supplements and, you know, whatever I saw on Dr. Oz that week is what I'm buying, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Craziness. It, it, for sure. And, you know, the, the, uh, the other side of that too is that, um, you know, my, my husband went through medical school. I remember uh, there was a pharmacist actually that presented uh, a lot of the research on supplements. And uh, it, it was, he let me watch it uh, afterwards. And it was really uh, fascinating for a pharmacist to be talking about these supplements and saying, oh, there's no research on this, or there's weak research on this, and there's 
blah, 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 blah. And um, I, I always tell my patients when they say, oh, my doctor said that like this doesn't work. And I say, well, the thing is, is that not all extracts and not all supplements are created equal, right? Yes. If really I give you the, the fungus that penicillin comes from in a capsule form, it's not an antibiotic. Right. Penicillin is the antibiotic that comes from the fungus. And so if I give you crushed up echinacea flower in a, a capsule, it's probably not going to work because you're not getting the active ingredient from that, which is the alkaloids, which have to be at a certain, you know, at concentration and a certain dose for them to work. And so when uh, a lot of uh, of my colleagues, uh, you know, whether they're medical doctors or nurse practitioners, or whatever, say like, oh, there's no research on that. I'm like, no, no. There is research on that. It's just that we, you know, unfortunately, the supplement industry, a lot of the times just does, doesn't have the money to put into it because we just don't have the resources, right? To say like, this is yeah. the or this is this. And so that's actually where going to somebody let, that that is knowledgeable in this can actually save you so much money because yeah. you stop taking a bunch of the Jameson things or the, you know, not the Jameson is a bad brand, but like a lot of other brands that just, may not necessarily be effective. And then you feel really disappointed because you feel like, oh, it's not really working. And it's, well, it would be working if we were taking less, but of the right stuff. And so working with somebody I think can be so powerful and such a key, um, a way to level up your your treatment, the way that you always talk yes. about. Um, and, and somebody that, that really just focuses on an individualized plan for you and you only because you are unique and your needs are unique yeah. to anybody else, you know? Yeah. Okay. okay, love that. So what can we just go by? And take? Okay, what can we just go by? Okay, A, vitamin D. Uh, okay, vitamin D. I'm going to plug in like the vitamin D, just like I'm plugging in sleep. So vitamin D, the reason why I think, um, and you know, most of my naturopathic doctor friends and colleagues would agree, vitamin D becomes really important because there's a very specific target level that we're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. And so you taking too little or you taking too much can cause, can, can both have that mental impacts on your health. And so having that $40 blood test, because it's not covered by OHIP, but having that $40, uh, $40 blood test can help us understand what your dose should be to get you to the level where then your vitamin D is working for your immune system. Um, yeah. And I, I just going to cut you off there because I don't want to spend money any more than anyone else does. And it is something that's not covered. It should be, it's, it's, it's something that you can even just pay once and you'll know, because if you're deficient in vitamin D, chances are it's always going to be a problem for you. And you need to like me, I'm always low because I have to take super high doses. Something about my body doesn't absorb it well and whatnot, or you're going to be fine in which you'll know already what you're doing and what you're, so, you know, it's not like you got to test every you know, five minutes for this, like that, yes, that price, know where you stand and where you're at. So, mm-hmm. okay, and usually sorry. if it's, if you take it once and it's low, usually OHIP will cover it, you know, for like one or two tests after that. It really oh. is up to your physician, oh. but anyways, that's neither here. Like no. there's other cases like osteoporosis, it covers it, uh, IBD, it covers it, uh, celiac, it covers it. So work again, work with your medical practitioner. Um, but if vitamin yeah. D should be tested, that is like a, a non-negotiable in my practice for okay. sure. Um, okay. So things that I think are worthwhile to take preventatively at low doses, um, I think are, you know, again, 
ideally you're getting a lot of the vitamin C through like your food, but you know, as a maintenance dose, I do think that vitamin C is great, maybe closer to about like 500 milligrams or so, not super heavy doses. But the one thing that you want to do with vitamin C is that the minute that you start getting like any symptoms of a cold, you want to increase that. You want to increase that to about three to four grams, but for a very short period of time, again, because it can cause diarrhea. And if you're predisposed to kidney stones, that may not be a good idea for you. But if you're taking it for a really long time without medical supervision, it can predispose you to it. So I would say, you know, vitamin C, the research says that it decreases the um, symptom severity and duration by half a day or so, which is the same thing as zinc. Zinc is something that you're going to see in a lot of multivitamins that are at specifically at targeting or tailored for your immune function. Um, the day-to-day dose, I recommend that you never go above maybe like 10 to 20 milligrams because um, you're going to build up those stores, right? And building up the stores to excess can also deplete other things in your system like copper, which you also need for your immune system. And so you always want to be taking like a very small dose if you're taking it every day. But at the onset of symptoms, there's um, a, a really great research that says that increasing that zinc dose to about 50 to 75 milligrams can reduce the duration of your symptoms by about 30 to 40 percent if you give it right away. And it can wow. also decrease the duration of like cough by 50 percent, muscle soreness by about 50 percent, congestion by about 70 percent. Um, and so zinc is something that I really, really, really love. But Zinc can cause really, really severe nausea if you're not taking it with food. Okay. And so if you're increasing that dose, just please make sure that it's on a full stomach because otherwise we're going to get a lot of projectile vomiters out there, um, (laughs) which I have seen. Um, But it's, it's, it's one of like my, my go-tos. Other things that have uh, good research, again, in a good quality extract are going to be things like, you know, Panax ginseng or American ginseng. Um, that is both great for prevention and uh, also for decreasing the duration of the severity of colds. Echinacea and echinacea is something that I I love and I often use in my practice. But echinacea again, it has to be a really great extract. And it, there's different types of echinacea, right? Echinacea is just like a, a family of plants. But the the two that are active are echinacea gustifolia and echinacea purpurea. And there's a lot of brands that you're going to see out there that are neither of those. So they're not going to work. Um, We used to say in botanical medicine that echinacea should be strong enough as either a capsule or a tincture that if you put it on your tongue, you should lose all taste and it should go numb for a few minutes because that's how strong the alkaloids need to be. And there's only very few brands that do that. And so echinacea, unfortunately, is something that you have to pay money for, because if you don't have a good brand, it's not going to work. And then there's a family of, you know, mushrooms that are very in vogue right now. Um, But you're going to see them in teas. You're going to see them in coffees. You're going to see them uh, uh, in a lot of formulations. I really like mushrooms right now because the, the research for mushrooms is like, yes, they are immune modulating, but they also are adaptogens, right? They, they really, really help um, your body respond to stress in a uh, more efficient and effective way yeah. um, because we know that stress is the worst thing that can happen to your immune system, right? And so I really like mushrooms. Again, they have a lot of interactions with different medications, so make sure that they are um, uh, for you. And then probiotics, there are specific strains of probiotics that are really great for immune function, but 
the the interesting thing about probiotics that people don't realize is that when you get a probiotic formulation, it's going to say, say like, I don't know, uh, lactobacillus, uh, yeah. something, the name, and then there's going to be something in brackets, right? And so the thing in brackets is actually the strain that has been studied or not to do a very specific thing. And so if you read research that says, you know, uh, I don't know, the uh, Saccharomyces cerevisiae or Saccharomyces boulardii is supposed to be doing A, B, C, D, E. You actually want to look at the research study and say like, okay, but it's Saccharomyces boulardii and what's in the brackets and look for that because not all probiotics are created equal. And you and I have talked about this. Like, you know, I always encourage people to rotate their probiotic brands and their yeah. probiotic strains. And it's exactly because of that, right? Because even if you're taking the same quote unquote formula with the same names of probiotics, it's the code that actually makes a difference. And it's those codes that may have been studied or may not have been studied for whatever it is that you're trying to target. Again, a good reason just to yeah. find an amazing naturopathic doctor and then, you know, educate yourself and get to know products and have conversations with them and knowing what you need. You know, it's like having this exact conversation, but tailored to your own individual needs, you know? Um, what do we do lastly when we're sick? Do we, do we, do we, do we, for, do we lie in bed? Do we force ourselves to do stuff? Like what's the, like, when are we over it? Are we over it when we're still snotty and feel like garbage, but we've already taken a couple of days off work? <laughs> I mean, I think I would really change that because yeah. I never missed a day of school. Even when I was sick, I just went. Mm -hmm. My mom, you know, I don't never would have dreamt of taking a day off. Even if I was sick, I would still go to school, um, you know, and that's how I am now. I will feel like shit and still show up for work. Mind you, I work from home, so I'm not, you know, infecting anybody, but, and COVID was really like, if you're sick, don't come. So now where are we at? Do we go? Do we not go? Do we lie in bed? Do we get up? Like, what? I mean, I, I, it's, it's a very, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I know that you have a protocol that I love. I've actually, you know, read it, yeah. the sickness protocol. I've, I've read it a few times. And if you don't know what it is, for sure, you guys, like you have to read this because I think it's such an amazing resource. And yeah. really the premise of it is, you know, don't force yourself to do anything. Like listen to your body because you know best. There are people that, you know, they have like an upper respiratory tract infections and I see them out running and I'm like, ooh. Um, yeah. But that's when they feel, you know, their best. Um, the if if I was to talk about physiology and research, it would say, you know, you want to be really, really well hydrated. Um, you want to be eating really simple food that is not uh overly, you know, raw and cold and complicated. Like you want to be eating like bland cooked soups. That's actually uh, most of us um uh, will crave that for a reason. Um, you yeah. don't want to overdo it with um, exercise while, you know, we were chatting about how movement improves that lymph flow and the movement of immune cells. There's a sweet spot for exercise and movement, right? There is that like walking is great, you know, with your scarf and like your, your warm socks. Um, but, uh, doing like a CrossFit class or a HIIT training class or something that again is going to increase that acute inflammatory response is probably not what you need and yeah. may in fact just delay um, the improvement of your symptoms, right. And you, uh, you getting a little bit better. Um, sleep is your main weapon against anything and everything. And so making sure again, that you're taking care of yourself and trying to 
maybe not consume as much sugar as you may want because you feel really sad about the fact that, you know, you can't go to work or yeah. maybe keeping your wine if that's what you want, but like a little bit earlier in the evening, like things like that, that wouldn't necessarily compromise your sleep um, would be uh, really um, uh, helpful. I, I think, again, COVID might have also changed uh, the way that I perceive, like, how much you should push, push yourself. And maybe it's also because, you know, my husband worked through all COVID because that's actually what he treats. And so I think that the one thing that maybe we didn't have before that we have a little bit more is just being conscious of other people and what you're exposing yeah. them to, right? And so I think that before COVID... I probably would have gone to work and like, you know, even if I, you know, I'm a physician and I, I would have like maybe worn a mask, but to be honest, it might not be something that I thought about as much if I had a sore throat. Whereas now I tried to be really conscious of that or saying like, do I have to go? Can I do that from home? Um, and I have, again, like you, the luxury of being able to work from home where I can make that call. Um, but making sure that you reduce the risk of everybody else around you, I think is a responsible thing to do, um, which COVID probably brought into our lives a little bit more than we would have before. Yeah, because you saw people wearing masks before and you think, oh, you know, what are they oh, doing? God. They're, they're trying to protect you. They are sick and mm-hmm. they're doing a kind thing and recognizing that they still maybe have to get groceries or go to work and whatever. And they were wearing a mask well before COVID because they understand that they want to protect the people around them, not just their loved mm-hmm. ones, but everybody. My children are very cognizant of this. If they have a cold, they're like, I'll wear a mask. I'm like, well, you don't yeah. need to. They're like, but I, I want to. It's the right thing to do mm-hmm. to wear a mask. Also washing our hands more. There's a reason why, yes, you know, when COVID was going on, a lot of us didn't get sick at all because we were constantly washing our hands and <laughs> other people were wearing masks and whatnot, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was one of the the positive takeaways, just making people cognizant of that yeah. rather than going yeah. to work. If you do go to work, have to go to work and you're sick, put on a mask. It doesn't mean that you're a COVID supporter or, you know, or any totally. of those things. I know there's a lot of people who have their feels about COVID and whatnot. Um, it just means that you're just a decent person and mindful of getting everyone else around you sick. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, it's so funny. I, I went before COVID, uh, my husband through like his training, obviously like knows way too much about germs and all of these yeah. things. And he always would tell me like, you know, um, cold and flu season is seasonal everywhere, except for the airport. The airport always is, you know, influenza season. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And going through security, you would see this man legitimately like grab the security bins and just like put all his stuff and then like run to the bathroom. And I always thought, even when we were dating, I was like, this man is so extra. Like, I don't know if I can do, like, he is just so, and now, you know, I am, I've become so much more conscious. Like, he's like, the thing is, is that like hundreds of thousands of people come through this, like touching these things. And like, now you're aware of it because you're like, oh, there's like germs everywhere. Whereas before I would have like gone through security and like eaten a burger right after. Whereas now I'm like, where is the nearest bathroom? Again, right. Because you just like, you know, more. And so knowing there's power. And so now, now I don't, now we're both extra probably, but you know, now I wash my hands a lot more too. Um, Yes. Yeah. Because of what I've learned too. Tony's like this. When we go to, out to rub, watch your hands before you eat. I mean, obviously, but I, yeah. I don't know that I ever <laughs> yeah. do that. 
wash your hands before we leave the restaurant, wash your hands to eat. I go to the gym with him and I'm like, oh, are we done? And he's like, yeah, I just got to go wash my hands. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, you're right. I've touched all these weights with other people. I'll just go wash my hands. You know, it is that, you know, there was that, you know, I was taught like your kids just eat dirt and it builds immunities, which I'm sure there's something to be said about exposure <laughs> to certain things, but not as many as there are out there. And especially this time of year, I'm sure you would For say sure. it's, it's, it's most important. Absolutely. And there's also a difference between building your immune system through like infancy and maybe like your teens, right? So that your immune system has a repertoire and understands like, oh, you are foreign to me and I must fight you versus like you are me and understands the difference between self. And then also, you know, when your RA general immune system has seen everything and it's like, ah, shit, you again. Um, You know, so I, I, I do think that there is um, something uh, to the hygiene hypothesis, which actually says, you know, uh, environments like uh, Canada or, you know, newer countries tend to have a higher also rate of uh, autoimmune conditions or inflammatory conditions because our immune system, as we're growing up, does not come in contact with a lot of viruses and bacteria. And so eventually it just starts almost like attacking everything that it sees because it never yeah. had the chance to build that immune repertoire. Um, but like, we have our immune repertoire, girl. Like we, Already. we can wash our hands and like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're fine. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Good. Things you learn when you are 50 years old. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. I always love our conversations. I love that you take the time to share your, you know, your wealth of knowledge. Honestly, I've learned some things that I didn't know before. I think I just knew it was something. I know this conversation has been had a million times before, but I love that all of our guests, including yourself, bring it fresh and new perspective because we're having the real conversation. I think because we're not trying to sell people anything. We're just trying to, we're trying to give them the information to empower them. Um, Dr. Alinka Trejo, what, where can people reach out and find you? Because I know they're going to ask. They always ask. There, yeah, so I can be found at Halton, Physi- Halton Physiotherapy, which is in Burlington. Um, it's, it's always so fun to be here. I, I love your community. I think this is so great. And I, you know, I, I always, and this is a conversation that I always have with my patients, but like, I think that we overcomplicate things. It's yeah. just, we just Agreed. need to simplify things. Your, your body is the most incredible machine if you give it what it needs. There's no magic supplement. There's no magic anything. You know, you just have to give it what it needs, which is, you know, exactly what your program does is nutrition. It is rest. It's stress reduction. It is happiness. It's daylight. Like it's the simple things that make the most uh, profound impact. So. I'm so yeah, with you. But because we overcomplicate it, we need a 400 page manual on it and a 45 minute conversation on it, which <laughs> I'm happy to have and happy to do. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone uh, watching and to everyone listening. We hope that you found this uh, conversation to be as valuable as I have. Uh, I cannot wait to have you back. I'm sure you'll be back soon. There are many more conversations yet to be had. Uh, Again, Dr. Alinka Trejo, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.